before leaving the awe of the Chaldeans, God promised Abraham that he will bless those who bless him and curse those who curse him. Now we read yesterday when Abimelech returned the wife of Abraham that he gave him he gave him a lot of gifts even money gave him a quantity of silver can we regard that as a blessing to Abraham or is that just restitution with benefits that's a question that's a question for you and I to think about I just even started thinking about it so what do you think is that a blessing did Abimelech bless Abraham or did Abimelech just restitute what he had taken now because I am using the word restitute doesn't mean he took that from him violently when they got there Abraham said Sarah is his sister so rightfully and righteously he took Sarah so this is why there is the question is that restitution or did he bless Abraham did he bless Abraham hi you are welcome to the gospel space I'm very glad to have you join me today I'm very glad today we are going to be reviewing all that we've uh, studied so far that is from Genesis chapter 1 to Genesis chapter 20 oh when I was preparing for this I'm like my 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 I hope this recording for today will not be too lengthy I hope not I hope not but we will be going through Genesis 1 to 20. Now, what I didn't do is to um, listen to the podcast, to listen to all episodes and just highlight the points that were highlighted. No, I didn't do that. The word we read, they are new every morning. Did I read that from the Bible? Or is that just a song? I think it's a song the word is new every morning and for every time every day we open and read what we have read in the past we get new substance we get new gems <coughs> so all i did was to review again and god is good there was something new there was something new and i will share what i have seen again and i hope not to share or emphasize on things that I have made mention of in all these episodes. I hope these things that I would say, these things that I would share will be new and they will be essential for our activities today and even beyond. Even beyond. Let us have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the showers of blessings. We thank you for the coolness of the weather. We are very grateful, most especially for the life that you have given us, that we can offer, that we can open our lips to pray unto thee. Thank you for the spirit you have put in us to search for truth, 
thank you for the spirit and the time and the desire you've put in our heart to listen and to hear from you please send us your holy spirit even this minute that he may guide us continually as we study and even as we live and walk and think and prepare for today's activities please help us father this is our prayer for we ask in jesus name amen yes genesis chapter one genesis chapter one the history of creation so let's start first off i'd like to define what it means to create to create is to bring something into existence like something that does not exist it is very important that we understand what creation means it means something doesn't exist but it is now brought into existence and i will use the best example i can use a house now this is even the reason why i'm choosing a house as an example a house before it stands in fact the first thing that is done in the construction of a house is the foundation must be laid a foundation must be laid it is on that foundation that the remaining parts of that building stands and it's interesting that that is the simple principle of the Bible the beginning the Genesis this is the foundation of everything you know as i'm coming to understand that this is the foundation i wonder why there was a bible that had only the new testament i hear people say oh the old testament is in the past now if a building is standing and the owner comes and like okay yes the building the building is already standing a story building is it oh we don't need downstairs again let them let's tell them to remove the downstairs and the foundation we only need the upstairs what do you think will happen in fact people will consider them foolish because that house cannot stand except the foundation be grounded except the foundation and that is just a simple thing and that that also applies that also applies for the bible we cannot say you cannot say i cannot say the old testament is old (laughs) no no it is the foundation of the bible so creation out of nothing the architect the laborers they started putting in sand and cement and all of that and voila a building came that building was created out of nothing so so that's been established in our minds now let's begin when we had my brother Dami on the podcast a few days ago on Saturday he mentioned that the spirit the Holy Spirit was always with the men in the antediluvian times and do you remember when we read in genesis chapter one that the spirit of the lord was hovering 
over the face of the earth? Yes. Yes, that is the Holy Spirit. Brother Dami, thank you for giving us that light. That is the Holy Spirit. That is the new thing. Now, the other thing I thought to draw your mind to is the order of the day. We are so used to morning and night being a day, but according to the Bible, according to the one that created, the order of the day is evening and morning. So by evening time, we have entered a new day, a new day by evening time. Another point, another point is the creation of light, the sun, the stars and the moon. These things were not only created to give us light, they were created for signs and for season and dates. Now, I, I am intentionally mentioning this. I'm intentionally mentioning this because now there is a thing about when is the Sabbath? Nobody knows when the true Sabbath is. And I, no, man, man can always say or think anything to defend whatever they believe. But the Bible is clear. Bible is clear. One can study the sun, the moon, and the stars, and no season, and no season. I believe the Muslims they study the moon. I believe they do study the moon to know when it's time to fast and all of that. So all of this we don't know when the day is Saturday. No, you know, not lie. It's, it's 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 a fat lie it's a fat lie so we go on now unlike the animals that were spoken into existence unlike them man was molded if you want to mold something what posture would you take you would most likely be on your knees or you bend or you squat so god bent or God was on his knees to mold man that shows a specialty he was very particular about man he was very particular about how my eyes would be he was very particular about how my ears would be he was very particular about every part of the human body because man was made in his image. Oh, this, 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 this should make one cherish the body and do all in man's capability to care for this body. Now, both the internal and even the external. This is, this is a great thing. This is a great thing. And again, I'd like to emphasize, although I think I made much emphasis in the first in the first episode of Genesis chapter one, man was given food. You know, the one that created the body, the one that knelt down to mold and put in that body the breath of life, looked, you know, according to what he created, and I said, Okay, the way I have structured this body, the way I have created this body, this is what will be beneficial to this body give man his food give man his food grains nuts seeds fruits and vegetables and vegetables ah god is good god is good 
specifications specifications so we move to genesis chapter 2 the finalization of creation and mind you all of this happened within six literal days six literal days and on the seventh in chapter 2 on the seventh day he now created the sabbath now do you remember the definition of what it is to create to bring something into existence something that wasn't is now something that wasn't is now now we see that god now created the sabbath doesn't this mean it cannot be changed and we see the old testament is old if we want to do away with the sabbath then if we can if we, one can assume that there is no need to keep the sabbath then you can assume that god will one day take away the sun because the sun was also created you can assume that god would also take away the animals because the animals were created if god cannot take away or if we cannot say no 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 we don't need any of those things that were created in the six days within the six days then why do we think we can do away with that which he created on the seventh he created the sabbath on the seventh very interesting oh i pray that we understand this pray that we understand this so on to our next point yes we've said that okay this is one interesting fact this is one interesting fact only the bible has the record that this world was created in seven days and you can only trace this seven day cycle that the entire world abides by from the bible because the bible says god created heavens and earth in seven days so we have seven days in a week and every single place you go to on this planet they have a seven day cycle is that not interesting is that not interesting is that not evidence that is evidence we further went to see in genesis chapter 2 the elements of which man was made man was made out of the dust of the ground and the breath of life was put in the nostrils of man by god those two elements now we are not seeing spirit here may i not read spirit too. all i saw was the dust of the ground and the breath of life so and god now calls this the combination of these two elements living soul so when it was just the dust without the breath then it was not a living soul but when the breath was introduced it now became a living soul so now let's reverse that when one dies it means the breath is no longer in that soul so that soul is dead and with time it will go back to dust dust you are dust you shall return so when the breath is removed then the person is dead there is no spirit there is no spirit no ojuju or ghost appears to anybody 
these are the two elements and who oh, if man would just believe if man will just believe if man would just believe oh where did i stop reading from where did i stop reading from where did i stop reading from okay now it's in genesis chapter 2 that we saw what um, more light was given to what was made on the ground yes we saw more light when we was talking about the river efforts and all these things all the gold and everything but it is very interesting god and and that not very interesting that shows the kind of eye our father has our father has an eye for beautiful things he has an eye for beautiful things the beauty of that garden the beauty of the entire earth even before sin and one cannot imagine one cannot imagine despite how beauty how god pays much attention to beauty look at the flowers the rose the hibiscus that is that is enough to tell you that oh god is a god of beauty look at look at nature i think that's that that is loud enough so now i cannot now imagine the stature and beauty he puts in man so the one that has an eye for beauty is that same one that made adam and eve naked that is interesting that is very that is very interesting he made them without clothes and you know after man fell it's obvious that god knew how to make clothes because he put him he put that knowledge in adam to make clothes so it's not that he didn't know how he did but he left them naked in a future passage we will see why we will see why or we will see something that would give us mm, an idea of what god was protecting or what god was mm, yeah we'll, we'll get an idea we'll get more insight as to why that was done if i can see so we go to genesis chapter 3 genesis chapter 3 Mm. we see we see mingling mingling we see how the devil works the devil does not give us one stupid lie no genesis chapter 3 is the record of the fall of man he does not give us a stupid lie the devil is not foolish we saw how he mingled the truth with just tainting error he said he acknowledged the fact that god spoke but he then now added what god did not see he said did god say you should not eat out of any of the trees see he he said did god say you should not eat of any of the trees that caught the attention of eve no my God is not a wicked God. He said we can eat all except the one in the middle. I can already imagine Eve 
desiring to teach the snake that no i have a compassionate father i have this he did not say this he did not say that and little by little giving 99 percent truth but fixing just one percent error he deceived man he deceived man and is it it's in that conversation with eve that we have the first record of the lie of the immortality of the soul that man will not surely die that is where we have that lie that is where we have people believing that when one dies the spirit goes somewhere else but in genesis chapter 2 we have read plainly from the bible that we are made only from dust and the breath of life the spirit is not going anywhere matter of fact there is no spirit the interesting thing is the bible uses interchangeably spirit and breath in psalms you see spirit in the nostrils and in other passages even in the early passages of genesis chapters of genesis you see where the bible interchanges these terms and i believe i mentioned in one of those episodes so the greatest lie the lie that has lasted since the time of adam is even present till today that the man will not surely die my friend there's no spirit going anywhere spirit is not going anywhere immediately after man fell we started seeing the consequence of sin man started shifting blames oh where are you adam oh is my wife thanking me fruit fruit a wife what happened they say no it's the serpent you created man from there refused to own up to his sins the effects came so immediate the effects of sin then let us not dwell too much on the negative let us see the positive adam and eve they had fellowship they had physical fellowship with the father that is interesting they had physical fellowship they spoke they shook hands they hugged they saw with their eyes the father before they fell this is something so many generations have waited for have longed for for thousands of years to see to meet physically with the father they enjoyed this they enjoyed this privilege enjoyed this privilege now in the closing chapter even after man sinned man was promised that he will be saved god is a merciful father isn't the consequence of sin death yes yes that is the consequence that is the immediate result but here we see a father who immediately promises that I will save you. I will do all in my power to save you, even after they expressly disobeyed. Now, like we said, it is not a small thing, and 
we cannot say oh this person deceived me and that is why i fell that is not an excuse because we see that that excuse didn't fly in the case of adam and eve the instruction was given to them do not do in as much as the instruction <coughs> has been given then there is no now excuse that oh mr a deceived me i was tempted i was lured no the instructor the instruction is plain it is simple and it is clear we go to genesis chapter 4 now man is sent out of the garden they are now multiplying the sacrificial system is now established and they are doing things as god has commanded they are now sacrificing they are now paying sites they are now doing a lot of things that they were not doing in the garden and we notice we uh, there are some key takeaways when cain killed his brother the lord said the blood of your brother cries out to me from the ground and this was mentioned when we studied in genesis chapter 20 in the introduction we said that these are the voices of the men of sodom that was crying out to god the righteous men that were in sodom not only in the voice of lot but lot and these righteous saints who have been killed their blood was crying from the ground to the father that we want justice we want justice fight for us and avenge our blood and avenge our blood despite the sin of Cain, again we see that god shows him mercy god shows cain mercy even after his sin then sin uh, then cain is separated from adam and the other family and he went his own way if a father and a mother only know how to do evil wouldn't it take the grace the great grace of god to have children to have offsprings that will know how to do good yes but we see that as cain departed then sin just became something else they just continued to grow and to grow sin now in genesis chapter 5 in genesis chapter 5 we see records that the sons of god came into the daughters of men (coughs) and they were giants in those times oh the bible is so true it is so true in 1890 a man called george vacha he found the bones he found some bone parts of man the femur the tibia in one tomb in one grave one grave in france he saw a large skeleton of man and i'm like evidence evidence of the existence of giants man was big he was huge 
was huge and that, that that's an interesting fact it's a very interesting fact i also read something sad online as i went to check for all of these things because i'd like to bring um uh, facts to you to to prove and to show you that these things really happened in one of the articles i saw that oh the skeletons were destroyed they, they actually think it's uh, they call it a hoax so they said a lot of these skeletons were destroyed because they wanted to keep on with that narrative of evolution i'm like no nah, cannot destroy the truth eh? it cannot be destroyed it cannot be destroyed so another key thing was the longevity of man was cut short man that would formerly live 800 900 it was not cut it was now cut to 120 years i cannot imagine someone doing wickedness for 800 years i'm glad god cut cut short the years of man i'm glad i'm glad ha to live 800 years 800 years of wickedness that's too much thank god he cut the years of man thank god cut the years of man then some key lives were identified in chapter 5 enoch noah some key persons were identified and we dwelt much much on these lives on these lives now in in noah's in noah's in the command given to noah to build an ark and to gather animals both clean and unclean we see that noah packed food for himself and even for the animals at this point both man and animals were still eating herbs vegetables and all of that so in that ark there was no there was nobody killing anybody because all animals were still eating vegetables they were still eating herbs they were still eating eating herbs we go down to verse um, chapter 8 chapter 8 chapter 8 is the covenant that was established between man and the animals the covenant established chapter 9 is is god's promise to noah where he told noah now this shall be the sign the rainbow it shall be a sign physical sign chapter 10 talks about genealogy chapter 11 talks about the tower of babel now amidst the wickedness of man and the selfish thing they desired to do they wanted to make a name for themselves they wanted to rebel and disobey god we don't want to be fruitful and multiply we want to be in one place the pride in man amidst all of that there was one thing that caught my attention unity god said they are united and there is nothing that they want to do that they will not do that they will not achieve they were united <clears throat> and this was god this is what god used <clears throat> mercy <clears throat> this is what god used to stop them from doing that job he scattered their tongue 
it scatters their language. Now, this is very interesting. Have you noticed that people become more friendly when they mix with people that speak the same language with them? Go outside, speak Hausa to an Hausa man, and he will just love you suddenly. Go outside, speak Igbo to an Igbo person. The person will love you suddenly. You will be shocked and surprised. Go outside, speak Yoruba to a Yoruba man. Now, I'm saying speak all these languages to these respective persons if they are in a land where their language is not the dominating language. The joy that will fill their heart, that you understand their tongue, you will just see that sudden unity. And it just makes a lot of sense that really, really, the fact that these men spoke one language unified them. It really did unify them and they could have achieved whatever they set in their heart to achieve. Chapter 12, we see the promise God gave to Abraham as instructed him to leave the awe of the Chaldeans. As instructed him to leave the awe of the Chaldeans. And we see that Sarah went with him and Lord and even the father. They left the awe of the Chaldeans together. They left the awe of the Chaldeans together. And, and the way the Bible emphasizes about Sarah's beauty Sarah must have been very beautiful, very, very beautiful, light-skinned, sweet mother. She must have been very beautiful. Here again, we see God withheld Pharaoh from having, uh, for, for, from sinning against Sarah. It was in chapter 12 that Abraham went to Egypt because of the famine. And Pharaoh saw Sarah like, my, yeah, you're beautiful. She's such a beaut. <laughs> you get. And God, as we read in chapter 20, how God withheld Abimelech from committing a sin against him, we see that in, in, in this also happened with Pharaoh. God withheld. It's, it's interesting how we get more light as we read. It is interesting how we get more insight as we read. Now, see this now. This in verse 12, we just saw that Pharaoh didn't have any relationship with Sarah. I mean, marital relationship with Sarah. And we just accepted it that, yes, maybe he didn't have time. But on getting to verse 20, where we see how God dealt with something similar, now we can say that, Oh, it was God that withheld Pharaoh from committing this sin against him. It was God. Now, you know, in my own thinking, how did God withhold this guy from committing this sin? Isn't it? Just thinking. And it just hit me that, oh, God could have put so much activity in their hands that they will not be able to do anything or commit anything. I remember our first plan to have that conversation with them. And we prayed that God, please let your will be done. Let your will be done. God withheld us 
from having that meeting. This was how. So many things just came up. On that time, we planned to record. I was just busy doing one thing or the other. Either I'm eating late or someone is coming to the gate and I'm just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until the time passed. We were withheld from having that conversation. So this can be likened to what must have happened to Pharaoh and even to Abimelech. Maybe they were so busy and they did not even have the time. God withheld them from committing that sin against him. God withheld them. So, verse 13, verse 13, we see the record of how Abraham and Lot split, how they went their separate ways. In verse 14, we see how Abraham rescued Lot. Now, I feel it was from here the people in Sodom even got to know God, the Almighty God, more through Abraham. Through Abraham. Verse 15, verse 15, we have the record of Abraham believing God, and because he believed, it was accorded to him for righteousness. Now, I want us to take note of this. We are uh, we studied this in verse 15. In verse 15, it was where we studied that Abraham believed God and it was accorded to him for righteousness. Now, what did God say that Abraham believed? God promised him, I will make you the father of all nations. Now, it's important we hold this in mind. Now, in verse 16, Inasmuch as Abraham believed in God, as they didn't have that child, then the suggestion of going to Agar, the suggestion Sarah made to Abraham, going to Agar, my maid servant, so that from her I will have a child. God promised Abraham, Your wife will have a child. Sarah now said, Going to her so that through her, I will have a child. Now, this move, I have come to understand, this move to go into Agar is not that, oh, they were thirsty for a child. I mean, they already lived up to 70-something before having a child. So they were not thirsty for a child. They truly thought they could help God fulfill that promise he made to Abraham. Because we read, like I told you to keep in mind in verse 15, that Abraham believed when God said he would give him a child. He believed. So, when Sarah, his wife, made this suggestion, now we can say that he believed, she also believed that maybe this is the way God wants us to have a child. Maybe this is the way God wants to bless us with a child. Now, Examining the life of Abraham to verse to chapter 20 that we have read. I think Abraham must have prayed. I think he must have prayed. And I also think maybe. No, not maybe. I think he did not get any direct reply until they made this move. Until they made this move. And and this this is a this is a strong lesson to us. 
when God gives us a command, when God promises us something, first off, let's not be thinking for God. Let's not be helping God to say that or helping them and telling God that, ah, ah, God, is it this way you want me to do it? No, let God do his thing. Because we see that when you are trying to do it for God, even when you ask, he might not answer you. So believe and be patient. Believe and be patient. What what other key thing? What other key thing did I see in chapter 16? In chapter 16. Now we see that God is a comforter. When Agar went, when she ran away to the wilderness, we see how God came down to comfort innocent Agar. Innocent Agar. Let's go to verse uh, chapter 17. In chapter 17, oof, why is this phone being like this? Please, please hold on. Please bear with me. Yes. In chapter 17, what key lesson what key lesson do we learn from chapter 17 in chapter 17 we see god play a parental role with abraham we see god reaffirming 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 stating his promises over and over and over again now this is the third time god is stating this promise the first was in um the first was in uh, in verse 12 when he was told to leave the all of the chaldeans in verse 15 god told him again in verse 16 god told him again in verse 17 god told him again now don't we see our parents do this to us they tell us over and over i will do this for you i will do this for you man worry i will do this for you be patient i will do this for you we see God treating Abraham that same way, stating over and over and over and over again, without being weary of telling Abraham, without getting angry, of reemphasizing that I have promised I will do it. Let's go to verse eight, uh, chapter eighteen. Chapter chapter eighteen, we started seeing characteristics of prophet. A prophet intercedes. Abraham interceded for the city of Sodom and Gomorrah when he was negotiating with God that, ah, if you see 45 righteous people, will you destroy? If you see 40, if you see 30, if you see 20, if you see 10, if you see 10. So we have an added characteristic that we are going to put in our notes. Characteristic number two, a prophet intercedes. A prophet in no, so characteristic number three a prophet sees the future he intercedes and he teaches now number 19 chapter 19 we have the record of the destruction of sodom and chapter 20 we have the record of abram and abimelech abram and abimelech god is good god is good in all these chapters, we have learned fundamental, we have learned foundational things. Foundational things. Things that cannot be removed. 
for it is upon these things everything we know about Christ stands upon. Everything we know about life stands upon. God is good. God is good. God is good. I'm glad we are starting from the beginning. And I'm glad this much is reviewed from the beginning. I'm glad. I'm glad. From time to time, we will be reviewing all we have studied after reading 20 chapters. So, by God's grace, our next review will be when we get to chapter 40. From chapter 40, we will then review from chapter 20 to chapter 40. And by God's grace, we will keep on with that, continuing going on and going on and going on. I pray you have a blessed day. God bless you.